This episode is brought to you by Xfinity Mobile. Learn how existing customers can save hundreds when you buy one unlimited line and get one unlimited intro line free for one year. Plus, now through February 27th, ask how to get up to $800 off the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Go to XfinityMobile.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Free unlimited line offer ends March 21st. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Regular gum is boring, but Icebreaker's ice cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreaker's gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreaker's Ice Cubes Gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, my Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Bear down. Let's go. This is the Full Press Bears Podcast. Packers suck! A part of Full Press Coverage. I like that kind of party! I like that kind of party, baby! Here's your host and diehard Chicago Bears fans, Kyle George and Joey Plotkin. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Get ready to bear down. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears! Well, howdy listeners. Uh, thank you for checking in with us. Another episode of Full Press Bears. I'm your host, Kyle George. With me, as always, is Joey Potkin. I'm at FuriousGeorge94. He's at GoBearsDeep on Twitter. Please follow us there. Please leave us a review. We'd love to get some more reviews on this podcast. And I apologize. I know it's been irregular. We're going to get back on a schedule more and more as my baby gets older. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. So I appreciate the patience. Um, Joey... How are you doing? And I mean, I feel like we've got another like soap opera of Bears Twitter and news going on. We do indeed. I'm feeling good. I'm 
in the getting ready for the holiday spirit and it feels feels like any proper thanksgiving with bears bears uh, fandom bears twitter bears everyone just up in arms and back to debating i love when i love when we're not all on the same page and so now it's like are we tanking are we winning is it hurting fields is it helping fields and i'm thriving in this chaos and it feels like thanksgiving well and, and i mean don't also don't forget that there there's like a little bit of there's a couple like side dramas too right like i've seen a little bit of the side drama of you know oh Cole Komet he has the second most touchdowns in the NFL behind Travis Kelsey then all the haters being like oh but he's not Travis Kelsey you can't use him as a U tight end blah 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 and then you have the Khalil Herbert story Khalil Herbert getting injured oh Tristan Nebner is he going to really is are he and Montgomery going to be able to fulfill Herbert's the gap of Herbert's role um what about Valus Jones should they bring him in as a running mm-hmm. back or like why is he sitting um what was the other side story oh sam mustafer's mom apparently has a burner account on twitter and she likes to go and badmouth justin fields and defend sam mustafer uh to the end of the earth which you know the people giving her crap about that i mean if it's his mom then it's like it's his mom i mean if i if i i would defend my kid to the end of the earth too um uh, i don't know about bad mouthing other people but uh yeah so just kind of uh yeah, I mean, it, the the I, even when the Bears have a good quarterback, well, sorry, not even when, even now that the Bears have a good quarterback, even when the Bears have an offensive stalwart, even when the Bears are the best team in the NFL on all three phases and go 17-0 and then win the Super Bowl on top of it, there's going to be drama every week and there's going to be division every week because that is bears Twitter as we know it. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, um, I, I don't really care about all the side stories that much. I mean, we, we could, I mean, there's been plenty of other podcasts that have made whole episodes about each of those side stories. I would like to just zero in on this main one on this short pod here tonight about, uh, kind of in a in a reaction to the Lions loss, thirty one to thirty, the discussion sprung up as you alluded to earlier. This idea that um, this was a very bad thing that basically th- that the Bears lost this game, mm-hmm. um, and the narrative on the one side was largely saying it's bad they lost because this team is young. And they need to learn how to win. They need to be around winning, experience winning, build a winning culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the other side is is here saying it doesn't matter. All that matters is the quarterback, and he's good. And all of this loss does is it increases our draft stock. So mm-hmm. um, just knowing how you and I are on this show, you and I tend to have – uh, at the very least, like points of view that are within arm's reach of each other. Uh, we've, mm-hmm. we've never really been on polar opposites. Um, so I'm curious what you'll say about it. Like, what what do you think about this debate? So I don't want to cop out and just take the middle ground and sit on the fence, but I kind of have to. So here's how I feel. Mm-hmm. When it's game time, and yep. I'm watching the Bears meltdown in the fourth quarter against the Lions. Yep. I'm watching poor officiating. I'm watching blown coverages and, and not being able to stop the run on defense, et cetera. I am yep. livid. And, like, I am actively rooting for a win. 
I can't help it. Even like there was actually no part of my brain that's like, no, this is like I'm a hundred percent exclusively focused on wanting to win, and like it's the right thing. If for no other reason, not even not even based on rationale, like set Bears fan, everything aside, like Justin Fields just he wants to win and he deserves the win. Like he like um and and same with flu, same with all these guys. That said, I I think waking even a few hours after the game, or maybe it's you know Monday morning, you wake up and having a silver lining in the clouds does just help a little bit. Like I think that's how it should be viewed as all right, not the outcome I wanted, but hey, silver lining. It's a better draft pick, and this this isn't the season that we're all in, so it's okay. I don't think that it should be flipped the other way around i don't i don't think that anyone should be sitting there on game day or at any stretch just viewing this as uh tank the season type mindset it doesn't make sense to me all right so i'm like i said you and i are usually aligned i'm right there with you uh greg braggs and chgo he said ever since the beginning of this season that basically as long as the quarterback develops every game is a win-win situation because either you win the game and sure, you establish this culture, and the fans get a win, and maybe you make a playoff push, and all these things, or you lose, and you just improve your draft position. And I've I've really adopted that mindset for myself here. Like, I completely agree with you. In the moment, while I'm watching it, even heck, even all day Sunday, I'm wanting to watch the Bears win a football game. I don't care if it's against the Lions. I don't care if it's against the Bills on Christmas Eve this year. I don't care which team that is they're playing. I would like to see the Bears win. But, again, I really appreciate what you said, calling it a silver lining, because that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what? I will take it, because this is one of those rare years where the rebuild is, as far as the quarterback goes, it's going better than we really even thought it could go. And I... And so for that reason, I can kind of just sit back and enjoy the game almost regardless of the outcome. Again, I'd rather see wins, but knowing that there's this alternative outcome I can wake up to on Monday mornings, not so bad. Yeah. Um, so uh, kind of along with this discussion is this idea that that's been put out a lot that fields is gravely underperforming in the fourth quarter. And it comes from people that continue to be, I think leaning a little too strong on the criticism side of fields. Um, there's one reporter I'm thinking of specifically, you could probably think of who I'm thinking of, but I continually see things <laughs> from him saying like, you know, we need to have higher expectations. Uh, we need to ha- you need to have a higher bar for your quarterbacks to clear and things like that. And I just I just struggle a lot with that because he's those comments are made exclusively based on a stat line in the fourth quarter, and there's little to no context provided with what's going on. And in this Lions game, it's a perfect example. You have, um, you have players not making. You have players not making plays. You have refs not making calls. Um, you have conservative play calling. 
all three of those things are happening. And, and sure, maybe Fields should have made a better throw here or there in the fourth quarter. But I'll tell you what, after Fields had that 67-yard incredible run, everything after that, you could tell, was super conservative. They, Luke Getze was not focused on getting first downs anymore. He was focused on running the clock. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, run up the middle, run up the middle, run up the middle. You know, like th- that's what it was. That's all it was. And I get that. Um, but obviously, the Bears defense is not one that can withhold uh, giving the ball back to the other team uh, at this point. So, um, like, as far as referees go, mm-hmm. I-, I had a big issue with this game, honestly. Yeah, like, it was a mess. So, the Bears had seven penalties, I think. I think that's and right. And some were like, like some were some were bad penalties on the Bears. Yeah, so I would say that I, I would say it's fair to say that there were three to four legitimate penalties on the Bears. Like, okay, that's sloppy, that's stupid. Why did you do that? But you see some of these holds. You see um, the the. Um, hands to the face hands to the face yep. penalty um you see also the lack thereof of calls like the one mm-hmm. like literally in the fourth quarter bears are driving to try to take the lead and cole Komet gets totally tripped up and interrupted in his route mm-hmm. by jeff okuda and it's like plain for everybody to see plus Komet's sitting like he's falling down on the grass, grasping at his knee. Like it should be clear to everybody that something happened here and there's no flag. Like, and the ball was delivered in that direction too. Like that was where that was Fields' read. That's where he was going. And there's nothing yeah. given to you there. Like that one, that one was absolutely outrageous. Th- so there, there were <laughs> yeah. several plays like that. And, um, and I'm not, I, I'm not trying to be one to suggest there's a conspiracy or anything. But I would like to say to all the people that say, oh, well, I don't really count referees as the part of the equation of losses. It's kind of a cheap, meatball-y way to do it. Well, to be frank, sometimes they do affect wins and losses. Negating the Jack Sanborn interception yep. with a hands-to-the-chest penalty and <laughs> like negating a potential first-down drive without calling a pass interference. like there's the all those things happened in the fourth quarter and were very important what happened after those plays and yeah i'm not suggesting that there's a conspiracy like the refs are favoring the lions or whatever it just so happens that in this game the refs were calling a lot more ticky tack penalties on the bears than the lions i don't think there's a conspiracy it's just what 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 it was and there were plenty of missed holding against the bears defenders i mean maybe not super excessive but like you kind of – you hope to call a somewhat even game. Like you call a holding every now and just to keep the Lions' offensive line in line when they are holding. Yeah. And yeah. That, that so many of those where the whistle gets swallowed and the opposite happens for the Bears, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's inconsistent. And this is coming off the, the heels of I think what's been a couple of games now of just poor officiating that and like yeah. really re- – like you, you there's kind of the expression of like, oh, man, that's like a really like – poorly timed penalty like ones that are actually committed right like when a bear commits a penalty at a crucial moment in the game what i think what we're seeing in a couple of games now is like these are poorly timed like 
massive swings, crucial moments where the officials are either throwing flags against the Bears or holding their flags against the opposing teams at at calls that should be called. And it's yep. majorly impacting the game. So it's like it's all just compounded after each game. And uh I guess so I think I think it's it's justifiable that we're feeling enraged because a statement from from the league, not a statement, a letter that gets sent to the Bears after they submit their um you appeal. know home review to the official yeah their appeal of yeah. like here are the good and here's the bad. It's just yeah that's nice. Like we're sorry it's just yeah. not really <laughs> yeah great. Oh yeah, I love it. I love that in football, and I love in the NBA when they're like, "Oh, actually, this play there was goaltending, and you should have received two more points that would have given you the win." Yeah, like it oh, gets to okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> it gets to like we have the the technology's come so far. We're supposed to have this guy judge. I'm not, I, I'm not going to sit here. I don't think the conversation needs to turn into like all of the things we need to institute in terms of officiating. But clearly, they. I've and I felt this for years now, but my hope is that going into this off or this off season, that the league is do something, you know, institute some think, form of let let coaches challenge certain official calls, mm-hmm. let that be reviewable, let the sky judge come in more, like whatever you need to do, but c- come up with something to address this. It's it's not not how it's supposed to be. I mean, I mean, here's just like here's just like this is an improvisational suggestion with the sky judge. Because I think some people are worried about, oh, they're going to, like, this game's going to slow down because they're going to look at every play and blah, blah, blah. I, I think, I, I don't know, is it crazy to me that for the Sky Judge, like, after a play is over, they have, like, 10 seconds from when they are able to see a re- replay where they can make a judgment. And they would be able to see in the – I mean – they should be able to see in the replay pretty clearly if there is a like with the pass interference or with the hands to the face like they should be able to tell pretty clearly if that penalty should stand or should be thrown or not and yeah. i feel like if it's not then don't then don't reverse it if but i also think something that the game should change with this is and I've said this for a long time. I think they need to allow coaches to challenge whatever they want, um, yeah. and still only give them two challenges a game. But don't be like, mm-hmm. oh well, this right. is a non-reviewable call. Well, why? That's dumb. Like, why yeah. have the challenge flag then? Because um, yeah. because I could have seen like I could have totally seen Eberflus challenging that commit pass interference. Like, hey, he got in our guy's way, yep. and maybe that would have. Change the game. Who knows? But anyway, not not to harp too much on the refs. Like, no, I mean, the Bears I, I defense, gonna... yeah, it was. It's you, they they blew the fourth quarter lead. No, no one's sitting here and yes. saying that the Bears played, you know, closed out that game properly, but the refs screwed them. No, it was both. Two things can be true. You can get screwed uh-huh. by the refs. You can also not close out the game that you're supposed to win. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, 8 to 9 headache days a month versus 6 to 7 for placebo. 
Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. Regular gum is boring, but Icebreaker's ice cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreaker's gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreaker's Ice Cubes Gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. I feel good. Dad, are you singing to your cereal? Yes, I am. Like I knew that I would. No, a dance too? Come on, Ava. Silk almond milk. Starts the morning on a high note. Yow! Songs, dances, and die jokes. So good! So good! I got you! Mm. Silk almond milk. With calcium, vitamins A, D, and E. Feel plenty good. My my only thought with it really is like, they're part of. Some families were born into. Some families are made from the ones we meet along the way. Our families are built on love and traditions, the memories we share, and knowing that life is better because we're together. Pure Life, 100% pure quality water, refreshing every moment together. Visit purelifewater.com and discover where to buy Pure Life. But too, is there's this narrative of, oh, well, you can't, you can't lower your expectations so that you're letting like the refs decide the outcomes of these games and whatever. The Bears need to rise to the occasion and overcome it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, okay. When you have an experienced and talented team, I agree with that. The Bears are not that. Like The Bears can hardly afford penalties that they're deserving of, let alone penalties they're undeserving of. And it that is that's where it becomes a challenge and where I hold some issue with it. So, um, yeah. on a, honestly, I don't have much else to say about the Lions game. That's been the main debate. Uh, oh, I, I got, I'll touch I got on one this. for it. I, I think you just got it. Yeah, I think go you for got it. it. You, no, no, no. You, is you, it? This is the. Can I? Can I give you some credit? I don't know if this is what you're going to say, but I'm going to do it. You called. Okay, you had a statement in the in the pre uh-oh. during the Roquan Smith offseason drama this preseason. Okay. You're saying like honestly, I'm team no Quan. This is this is what you said, right? I'm paraphrasing. Uh-huh. I'm team no Quan. And when I see Jack Sanborn having the preseason that he's having, I, I don't think we would necessarily miss him. And I'm gonna admit, I was ro- I was over here rolling my eyes at like not not is that a verbatim as, quote? Did I? It was a paraphrase. It, it was a okay. paraphrase, but okay. it's there. It's I, I'll go back to the archives. I'll get the full quote. But I, I was shook. I was like, dude, all right, Jack Sanborn's had a great preseason, but come on. And here we are. And it's like, again, it doesn't mean that he's the long-term – he's bringing the same level of play. He's the same quality. It's the long-term answer. But, like, whew, I would – you like, I I was I, – wow. 
props to you. That was that was a hell of Thank a call. Yeah. And at the t- and that was said at a time where I was like, all right, slow down. Like, no, no, you were right. Um, well, I appreciate it. Uh no, the I I think you know, there was a stat that was out that like Sanborn achieved a multi-sack game with a, like 10 tackles or more um within two starts and it took Roquan like 12 starts or something oh, yeah, to so accomplish that yep. feat. Like so that's I mean that's again, I mean it's against the Lions. Let's see him do it this week against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I like the mm-hmm. same same barometer as Fields. Let's see you do it repeatedly now. Um yep. I think the best comp that I've heard and I actually thought of this comp like earlier this preseason I just I honestly I thought of the player but not the name but Nick Kukowski was the, the mm-hmm. comp that people were putting out there mm-hmm. where are you gonna have a superstar linebacker no is it gonna be Brian Erlacher no uh but you can have somebody who's very capable of their position that other teams would pay big bucks for um yeah. like Nick Kukowski and I think that Sanborn could easily fill that role and some players you see in in all major league sports, they'll come from out of nowhere, and all they need is they have a string of games where they are just like rising above at any level they've ever been before. All of a sudden, they just have it. Like mm-hmm. a, a great example Confidence. to me in from yeah is uh, from baseball. Uh, as a fellow Cubs fan, I'm sure you remember Daniel Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. And Daniel Murphy came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, he's hitting cleanup for the New York Mets in the NLCS and the World Series. And he just had this incredible postseason run. And then following up that season with the Mets, he had he, he had a really great end to his career. And at that point, he was already like 34 years old, 33 years old. And he still went on to play for several years with the Nationals and the Cubs and someone else too. And the point is, is like he's an example, and I think it translates to football too. Sometimes these guys... They just need a shot. Like Kurt Warner, same deal to me. Like mm-hmm. undrafted free agent quarterback, um, missed his tryout with the Bears because of a spider bite, unfortunately. Um, but you know, like I, anyway, anyway, Bears. yeah. Sanborn, yeah, Bears. I, I, I'm excited <laughs> about Sanborn. I'm excited to see what he can do. But that's not what I was gonna say. I was gonna say the the whole conversation about winning. Oh, they need to have a winning culture. Blah blah blah. I really don't think. I, I agree with like Danny Parkins was spoken very well about this, uh, which not that he listens, but RIP to uh, Danny and his family losing uh, his father. Um, or not not RIP to his family, RIP to his dad. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Danny's family. Let me got rephrase it. that. <laughs> um, but what my thought, what I was going to say is just, he spoke very eloquently saying like, there's never been a correlation in NFL history with, a successful quarterback needing to quote unquote experience winning. And he cited Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman as great examples of quarterbacks who come into a system and come, they play for bad teams. Like Patrick, like everybody, the problem is that everybody compares every quarterback to Patrick Mahomes these days. And it's going to be seen very like, if it's not already realized by people, it should be realized very shortly that Patrick Mahomes is the exception to the rule because mm-hmm. he like everything with that situation was magical. And so anyway, I don't think fields needs to experience winning because guess what? In order to get to this level that he's at, he's done a whole hell of a lot winning in his life. And so have a lot of the other young players on this yeah. team. 
you don't get to where you're at in the NFL without having been one of the best players in the sport in the country. So yep. I, I really think that that's not a concern. It's definitely overblown, especially by that pocket of fans. That's kind of preaching about like the winning culture. It's like, yeah, I think, and again, no one's got any concerns about Fields' work ethic. Like first guy in, last guy out. Like he's they, these guys are obsessed in a good way. Like I mean, they're competitive as hell. Um, yep. No one should have any reason to feel like this team is, you know, quote unquote, embracing the tank or potentially getting into like a losing, you know, mindset culture, a toxic situation, toxic. Lock. Like none of that is the case. So until you see signs of any of that actually being true, uh, you're way overblowing those concerns. And the other piece that I'll add up just about Fields development as a whole, I think one of the things you and I have been preaching since the offseason was like patience. This is a new regime, new head coach, new GM, new offensive coordinator. And for all intents and purposes, this is Justin Fields' rookie season. Like, no one who's really looking at last year and him getting thrown in after no development, no, we don't need to rehash in Matt Nagy and blah, blah, blah. But like, who's honestly counting? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is his rookie season in a completely brand new system. He's relearning everything. And to be having this level of success, even if it is, I'll just leave it at that. Like remain patient, even though it feels like we've already arrived. Go take a look at Josh Allen's year two stats. Cause a lot of people have been saying like, Hey, it'd be great if fields could have the year two Josh Allen did. Cause that was a big jump. And then the year three mm-hmm. is when he exploded onto the scene. Justin Fields is very much in striking distance of Allen's stats and that's Allen who, yes, he's a, he's a talented rusher himself, but the dude throws the ball all over the field all the time. So you're talking about Fields who's been given limited passing opportunities because of our lackluster line and receivers. Mm-hmm. And he still is on – and not to mention a long game stretch where the Bears were scoring like 10 points a game and – many of those touchdowns were not thrown by Fields. So you have, in a very limited stretch, Fields has catapulted himself back onto this pace to meet Josh Allen, um, even at the 16-game mark. So, uh, like, I want to say Allen was, like, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and right now Fields sits after 10 games at 10 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. So you need 9 touchdowns. In six games, if you want to match uh, Allen's production in a 16-game schedule, if you add that 17th game, it makes it even more doable. But you look at that six six games, if you can throw one touchdown per game and have three games where you throw two of them, there's your 19. And mm-hmm. Fields has been a lot more careful with the ball lately. Um, I know it was a bad pick six on Sunday, but I'm not really not that concerned about the interception numbers. I wouldn't be shocked if after game 16, he has the exact same stat line as Josh Allen from year two. Mm, that's a, that's a good reminder. It's something that we were, that everybody was kind of talking about in like year two for who to mirror. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, as you pointed checking. out though, this really is a like rookie year for fields. I, and, yep. and so that makes it even more remarkable when you think about it. And, and, and another thing going around uh, another piece of drama is this, overemphasis of oh he's a running quarterback oh he's just like Lamar Jackson oh he's a running back blah blah blah, all these things like whether you want to say people say he's running back are racist or not that's your own a different conversation but the point is is like I know I've talked to people who are Ohio State fans and I've asked them like hey 
what like when you watched Justin Fields at Ohio State, what was he most known for? And all of them said his prolific passing, his passing, his passing. Like they said, we always knew he could run and he would show that, but his passing is what he was the best at. And it's like, he's got that. Guess what, folks? He's got an over 100 passer rating over the past like five games or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know some people are complaining, oh, well, he's not throwing very much he's not he only has 150 yards or whatever and it's like but passer rating is the passer rating like the passer rating doesn't take into consideration the amount of yards you're throwing it takes into consideration things like accuracy and like j- just all the different yeah little stats that go and metrics that go with quarterback like yeah and he's passing that so people need to calm down on that um any thoughts on that? Because otherwise, I, I need to get going, so I want to wrap. No, wrap we up can. With Fal- I'm, Falcon I'm, yeah, briefly. Fully aligned. I, I completely agree. And uh, listeners, ball, I would like deep ball accuracy. That's what that's that was probably aside from not being able to read defenses. That was what everyone got on with Mitch was like the deep ball accuracy just isn't there. I'm not hearing that criticism against Fields, and that's that's huge. Yep, agreed. Um, Listeners, the only reason I would I, I could continue to talk all night long about a lot of this stuff with Joey, but uh, with my newborn, I gotta get going. So, real briefly, some Falcons thoughts. Um, Bears are gonna win this game. They are due for a win. I know we were talking about oh, the win doesn't matter as much or whatever. Like it's a win-win either way, and I still believe that if they lose this game, it's a win-win. Um, the Bears are going going to win this game. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, well, you're going to have another good Fields performance in his hometown on turf. Um, I, I don't even realize the Falcons have a better record than the Bears at this point, so kudos to them. But um, I, I just see the Bears winning this game. I, yeah, I, I mean, do. we've we've our record just shouldn't be looked at too close. Like, we've been in every single game this season, arguably even the Cowboys game, et cetera. I mean, most games we've been in and we're competitive. Like, I I think I also think the Bears win. I think I really think the the Bears defense just they're due for again. I'm gonna like I predicted this in the Lions game where I was like, I think they're gonna kind of come back to earth in a good way. Like I don't think they're quite as bad as what they're showing, and I think they were starting to play that way against the Lions. And then you had the block punt. You had, you kind of got derailed with yeah. bad penalties and this and that. Like I. I'm not as down on this defense as what the narrative seems to be. I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they got better by getting rid of the talent that they did, but they are not as bad as what they're being made out to be. And I think this is the game that they bounce back. And I think, I think that's the variable. And I think they will show up and limit the Falcons who are not a high powered offense. They, they, they're a good run team. And if you want a prediction of the madness of Bears Twitter next year or next week, this is this is it for you. At four and seven, this will officially launch the Bears back into the in the hunt graphic. Um, and you're going to start getting some of those people creeping in again, saying, oh, well, you know, if, if the dominoes fall a certain way <laughs> and if we can win these certain games, you know, if, if we can if we can beat the Packers at home and if we can beat the Jets on the road and we can beat the Lions and then if we can steal one from the Eagles or the Bills or the Vikings, <laughs> we would have a shot to make the wild card. That's going to be the conversation next week after the Bears put a bullet in the Falcons. That's my prediction. Um, 
It's good. There not even is. a bold prediction. Just a, just a good prediction. And I, 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 <laughs> I'm not that person, but I love watching it. I love when they're in, in the hunt and just the chaos that ensues. Oh, man. Well, Joey, thanks for hopping on. Sorry this was short. Uh, as, as the baby gets to sleeping better, I will, I will go longer. Uh, but for now, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, enjoy the madness that is, Bear, that is Bear's Twitter. Uh, as long as Bear's Twitter can exist without uh, uh, Elon crashing it into the ground. <laughs> Elon, don't cancel this podcast, please. Lord Elon. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy Bears Falcons on Sunday. Be great. Be kind. Bear down, and we will see you next time. Boom, baby! Fade to black! The Full Press Bears Podcast. If you don't love the bears, we don't love you.